Welcome back. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year. I just tore my notebook. I'm really bummed. Oh, no. Oh, you don't take your notes out from that notebook and put them in another notebook no, like I do? No, I keep them all. And so then, like, I have a notebook up within the notebook. Well, I do too, but mine are all. Oh, you stapled I, yours. I staple every one of them. And mine are all in a big notebook that I transfer them to once we're done with each episode. <laughs> and then I have the episode numbers and I have them cataloged that way. Hey, we nerd differently, but pretty much the same. But pretty much the same. <laughs> but we both have, I know people are like, uh, like you take a lot of notes for the show it's like yeah, yeah. like I, it's like homework and like it's like extensive <laughs> like uh, um, anyway people don't get it but those who listen think like we were flying by the cuff we are a note heavy cast we are believe it or we're not so coming with our little notebooks <laughs> ready to do the show like we did our homeworks for readies <laughs> <laughs> Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the final girl. Everybody. Welcome well, to Horror, Horror Movie Survival, Survival Guide. Guide. I'm Julia. I'm Terry. Uh, and this week we're going to be talking about 2017's Mom and Dad. Mom and Dad by the, Brian Taylor. Written and directed yeah. by. Uh, ti- uh, title of this episode is Sawzall. <laughs> it's delightful to say. It is fun to say. It's got a lot of good sounds. I feel like my voice teacher would be very excited about that voice and speech because <laughs> it's got that ZS yeah. sound in it's the middle nice. of the world word. Uh, and then the tagline for this film: uh, "They brought you into this world; they can take you out." Yeah, I like it. That's pretty much the story. It's harsh, yeah. but that's this is a harsh film, so it fits. It's- brutal <laughs> it is i didn't know anything about this film uh this was this was a, a terry choice it was suggested to me by one of my coworkers. it was actually yeah they were like you do a scary movie podcast can we give you suggestions i was like absolutely so this is one of them yeah okay well, so shout out is... to my homies at work hello <laughs> thank you yeah. it's delightful being suggested things yeah that we would never know and i would never have come across this film were it not for this and here we are talking about it for the next uh, half hour or so so yeah. there you are yeah uh so this movie opens on a mother leaving a van with a child inside on the train tracks and then the trains are coming and she's walking away. Um, and this was, and then we get opening title and the amazing credits. Can yes. we talk about these credits that I, I loved these credits? I knew it. As soon as they were up, I was like, Julia's going to be obsessed yeah. with these credits. I went, <gasps> Oh, I love them. I love them. I just want to watch them over and over. Right. Yes. They're like a seventies movie, like dream come true. It's like that whole era that Julia loves, uh-huh. like so 60s, like, 70s. It gave me hope. I was like, all right, I'm liking it. A little psychedelic. Like it looks like you're watching watching a movie from the 70s ready for it 
mm-hmm. so then we meet uh, the family, uh, which uh, consists of Nicolas Cage yeah. and Selma Blair, an unlikely couple. A very unlikely couple, but kind of like them together, actually. But I, I kind of do as well. I kind of yeah. buy it. Uh, and then we have their daughter, Carly, played by Ann Winters, and their son, Josh, played by Zachary Arthur. As Also, their Chinese maid and her daughter are there as well. And they see the accident on TV, which is, you know, not what you want to see while you're having breakfast. And uh, Nicholas K. Brent uh, makes fun of it immediately and just recreates it. And then just like with ketchup and sound effects. And you're just like, he's a really insensitive yeah. dude, like straight up, like right away. You're like, oh, this marriage is probably a little funky. Like he doesn't seem like a great dad. He's kind of antagonistic with his kids. Like he's that dad who's like plays a lot of pranks on the kids. Yeah. You know, like, rough. like, yeah, a little too far where you're like, you can, you're sure his son has cried more than once because his dad has gone too far with a joke with him. Right. Cause like he thinks he's being funny, but he's actually being kind of terrifying because he's like so big and intense. And you're like, yeah. whoa, man, dial it back a little bit. He was bit. probably like that in school though. I imagine he was like the bully of his group and was uh-huh. like that kind of guy that was just like, ah, like wedgie for everybody and just terrible. So we just get them already. Like this family's bickering from second one of this film. And you're just like, yep, yeah, well, they don't really like each other very much, do they? No, they don't. And also like mom trying to find a little solace. You see her, like, I love her like first little intro. She's got this cup, her little mug that says totes a morning person on the outside of the mug, but she looks like the opposite of a morning person, of course. And it's like ironic and all that stuff. It's a really great intro to Selma Blair's character too, as the mom. And here. we get her sympathy for her straight away because mm-hmm. her, her daughter is just being kind of terrible to her in the car. And it's it's like, like a it's typical tr- moment where like the mom, she's this mom who's been a stay at home mom, basically, even though she's got help at the house though too, but she is the one who has like poured her life into her kids and has been living through her kids and her kids are now trying to detach from her because they do not want that. And so we got that typical teenage girl thing going like, ah, I'm on my phone, like, stop it. Like, uh, uh, mom. Ugh, like this, the period of your life where mom is the worst and you world. hate her and you don't right. get why like she's amazing yet but and it's yeah. so heartbreaking it is heartbreaking <laughs> so you see Selma Blair like just breaking apart a little watch as this is happening and there's so much of this film that's just kind of these these very abrupt flashbacks uh to, to each character kind of these moments of pride or these moments of shame or like these moments that have kind of shaped them as people and you so you have uh Brent's flashback of him like donutting in a firebird with the girl's tits in his face and there's like metal blasting and he's like having the best time of it's his the most life. 80s wonderful moment it's it takes you right there the experience of this of like that carefree youth mm-hmm. and you get what he has lost like in this suburban life that you know like i mean this neighborhood as they show the neighborhood too it looks literally every house looks exactly the same mm-hmm. you can't tell which one is which it's like it's one of those moments where like you could click all the priuses and like they could probably all open up you know at the same time it's like that kind of vibe and so it's just upsetting to see like his trans am life into what it is now yeah you just need that really all you need is that 30 seconds to be like I get him. Yeah. I understand yeah, what he's he doing. everything now. Because he just, that's all he, he can think about. That's all he wants. Right. Um, and then we have uh, Josh who had found a hurt animal and put it in the back seat of his dad's car. Yeah. And this left was, it there. And left it there, but he was trying to take care of it. He's a little kid. So yeah. he's like. He's got it, it Fruit Loops, which didn't help. Which didn't help. So the thing is going to die and it dies in dad's like prize possession car, which is not currently looks like it's running right now. It's like in the garage. And so he's keeping it in there. So he lets this animal die in the garage and dad's car so dad's car now smells like death um and then then we get a kind of the first introduction to the affliction that is starting to occur uh around uh, the world here which is as far as i can tell coming from some sort of static some sort of frequency which is only hitting the adults 
and making them want to kill, but only their children specifically. Yeah, it's they like don't they don't want to anybody kill anything else. else. It's like this weird, like opposite weird thing of like where you want to protect your young. It's like literally the opposite where you want to eat your young because you don't want your line to continue on. Right. For some crazy reason. So it's it's kind of really weird. A little you get a static through the radio or through the TV. And it makes them look like they're kind of losing their minds. So yep. the first the first instance we get of this is that the maid, Chinese maid, uh, seemingly meat hammers her daughter to death in front of the little boy. Which is not good. And then, but then we have these abrupt cuts, as I'm saying. So you go from this to like this exercise class where like Kendall is like suffering through this exercise class. This exercise class. class is amazing. I was like, is this like yoga booty ballet? It's one of those like very, looks like very LA exercise classes um, of like, there's like all these women clearly there because the main trainer guy is smoking hot. And so it's all these like suburban housewives, like pelvic thrusting. And it's like, <laughs> reminds me of like that. Um, what is that? John Travolta when he was in that movie. Is Staying that alive? No. no. The one where he's like doing it's it's in the eighties. It's not perfect. I think it's perfect. Where like he's like in the jazzercise class and pelvic thrusting Mm -hmm. or whatever. I'm just like it reminded me of that and that kind of like energy of like oh all these women trying to be around this dude and And she afterwards she goes out to to talk to her friend who is just the the, who is the mother of her daughter's best Best friend. friend. Yeah, is just kind of the worst. And this mom, and she's a terrible mom, but she also, it's just like, she's like uh, over it. Like yeah. she's also over whatever this relationship. She's not invested like Kendall, Selma Blair's character is. Um, Kendall has like been all about her kids. This mom is like, my daughter's a bitch. She's, a, uh, what does she say? She's talking about her daughter. She says the most incendiary things about like, one day her tits are going to drop and she's a little whore and she hates her basically. Like she's just, I was like, ooh. Yeah, harsh. Like she's literally talking about her daughter like competition in this moment of right. like, hey, like I, my life used to be great too and you're getting against a sense kind of like we did with brent about him and his trans am like our car likes donut flashback right with this mom of like seeing her daughter and seeing her youth and right. seeing it gone i kind of it reminded me a little bit of the like the uh, season of the witch where you have this moment of like these, mm-hmm. these mothers who are like realizing like their daughters are it's now all about their daughters it's not about them anymore and the anger that comes with that and like how sad it is that you feel this competition towards totally. your daughter Totally. Um, and they're like equal opposite sides of that coin too. And then all, there's also this weird added thing of like, um, some of um, sister G- Jeannie is pregnant right now and about to have a baby any day, any moment basically. So she's like on alert. So as she's seeing this pass by, she's kind of excited. You see the kind of giddiness of someone else having another child mm-hmm. and having this time, that time of life come back again. Uh, so we also, we, so Carly, uh, their daughter has a uh, boyfriend named Damon who is taking his PSATs, uh, and the, all of the parents are kind of waiting outside of the, looking very strangely, uh, the monitor says she looks like they're waiting for a buffet. Yeah. And then now with this, all these students in the high school start getting called to the office and something very strange is going on. So it feels like like an emergency is happening or some crazy thing went down in the world and like parents are pulling their kids out of school right now as fast as they can. But nobody quite knows what it is yet. No. And so like the news hasn't come. And then we've also had this moment too in Carly's class where she's gotten caught with her cell phone as you kids do in the school Mm -hmm. and the teacher, he's trying to be cool and teaching them Literally, of course, as you in a horror movie, if there is a class going on and the teacher is teaching something. Always pay attention. Always pay attention because it's always pertinent to whatever emergency is at yeah, hand. But I, and I like his lesson is about plan obsolescence yes. and saying the need to continue to replace uh, forces us to accelerate progress. So things are just going to go faster and faster and faster um, and takes her cell phone away. So now mm-hmm. she doesn't have a cell phone. And so- her best friend as well. So like there's like... 
And yeah. uh, Carly had stolen money that morning from Mother's Purse to in order to buy drugs, drugs. Uh, dr- buying drugs in the bathroom like the bad kids do. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden there's just this like insane chaos where the parents are on one side of the fence, the children on the other, and nobody, they're trying to keep them apart. And, and it's not time for the kids to go either. This is early in the day. So this is like happening like a standoff by the school. And the parents do look ravenous. They look kind of crazy and just like ready to jump the fence and waiting to be released in um, into the into the schoolyard to grab their kids. Uh, and so, of course, one kid breaks away, jumps over the fence, and then all chaos starts and then everybody he gets just... pulled apart by his mom. She keys him. Yeah. We don't get to see all of it. We just see like the top of her hand and her keys whack like down and into the shot. And it's crazy. So then everybody starts freaking out and running. But of course, parents start climbing the fence. And then there's just this giant carnage. Pandemonium all the way to the football field. And so it's like you see like a whole bunch of different ways that parents are taking their kids out. There's like a guy who's got like a trash bag and grabs his kid and like puts the trash bag over her head. And now she's not here anymore. And then just like grabbing stuff, anything they can and impaling them. It is bad. But the girls, Carly and her BFF are running away because their parents aren't there to pick them up. No. So they are, they, but they, everybody is now very well freaking out. Then we cut back to Damon, who has gone home. Uh, his dad, who was drunk and asleep in the chair. Yeah, my friend Edwin. Hey! <laughs> I freaked out. I was so excited. Anyway, it's my friend Edwin, who I did a play with in Boston and Massachusetts. Oh, what play? At did the American you do? Repertory Theater. We did Futurity. It's okay. a sci fi Civil War fantasy kind of a play. Mm. Ada Lovelace is like one of the characters writing a letters to a soldier who's on the front of the civil war in America. It's okay. very like strange musical. Super awesome. It was an Obie award-winning musical. So um, how was it watching to play this scary to ass To see dad? Edwin, who was our general general. Yeah. It was kind of amazing because he's literally one of the nicest people. Of course. <laughs> and of course, like a t- full sweetheart playing this like crazy alcoholic dad. I thought he did a really good job. Um, he was terrifying and wonderful. And yeah. he's like a really dear heart of a person. Uh, so. so there's a, mm-hmm. he breaks the bottle, comes for his son, yep. slashes in the arm, and then it all kind of goes bad. And he falls on his own broken bottle and chokes to death in a horrible bloody mess. So, it is a scene. Yeah. They're not afraid to go with the blood in this film. There's a lot of blood in this <laughs> film. And from that on, you're like, we like okay. that. We love that, right? No, we love the gore. But it was like, from there, I was like, okay, this is about to get crazy. Yeah. That was this like, is, this is like the first like 10, 15 minutes of the movie. We're already, we're already seeing a lot of blood. And it's already, so now it's starting to come on the news. Mm-hmm. They're thinking what's happening is parents are murdering their children. So they're saying like, don't go near your children. They're like, if you hear like your instinct is going to want to protect them, you're going to want to be there. Don't do it. That's and literally that the, the thing. The only thing like a parent couldn't do, right? In an emergency is like stay away from their children. Right. It seems like the hardest thing, but then you're saving them by staying away. Exactly. Yeah. Really. Uh, uh, Dr. Oz has like a brief cameo in this movie, which I just want to point out is a little weird. No, but it was also kind of amazing because I love the scene. Cause she's like, why are you talking about like pigs? Cause he's like trying to like, he talks about stuff that's like kind of relevant, but not really, mm-hmm. which is exactly what he does on a very regular basis. I think he is king of pop shit medicine. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he, he has his little moment cause of course, when some like crazy weird epidemic it's called Dr. Oz. That's exactly what would people would do though. Do you know what I mean? When you're producing a news segment and like he's like you're like one of your go to authorities and you know, oh. from that show. Okay, got it. Quote unquote right. authority. No, Thank I got you. It. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so they go to, home to Riley's house. She immediately sparks a joint and then uh, wanders upstairs. It is not paying attention while no. her friend Carly is calling out because Carly's actually watching the news and getting the information like a good final girl would. Yes. <laughs> yes, she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when she finally uh, wanders upstairs, her mom has killed her. So now we know what is happening and yep. there's starting to be like a real push on what who, who's going to go where and figuring out what and aunt Jeannie in the midst of all of this as like as everything is gone into labor with this baby now too this scene though wow uh yeah i just was at the hospital a friend of mine recently had a baby and hanging out there i was like this is intense mm-hmm. and this is wild uh all to it must have been love uh by roxette oh yeah roxette which is uh, okay an interesting choice. It a brave was. choice. It was a to, brave choice. To back the scene of, I don't want to talk about it, you talk about it. <laughs> what? You want me to talk about yeah. this scene? Okay, great. <laughs> oh, I pulled the short straw today. Okay. I'll get you back next time. No, it's all good. You've done so, oh my God, are you kidding me? The service you have done for this podcast for me being like, you just talk about the thing because I can't talk about the thing. We, we, we're good. Okay. All right. So Jeannie is in labor and like I wrote, it's wild. That's literally my note. So um, she shows up at the hospital with her boyfriend, Dan, the man. He's the boyfriend. He's not the baby daddy. So it's complicated. He a little stunned. He's freaking out because like he doesn't look ready, but he has like his GoPro. Like he's the, he's like a good kind of dumpy, wonderful, like boyfriend friend. And he's got his GoPro and he's got his cameras and he's like, okay, I'm going to cheer her on. And like, we're going in. I'm like, okay. So they go inside to the, um, the room and they're, they're, she's pushing. She's not a mom who's, she's like that mom who's like, give me the drugs. You know, like she's that mom freaking out while she's having this labor. And, um, she doesn't look joyous. And, her, and, you know, Kendall, some little girl, she's trying to like, let her know. She's like, Hey, you're going to feel this amazing rush of love. You're going to forget everything when this baby's out. You know, like they always say, like you just, you get those you endorphins, her, everything fades away. away. You're going to be fine. Okay. That is not what happens because there's this crazy virus going on. And in the midst of this um, birth, the monitors in that room go out like, and that weird flicker and static happens. And we know that means the parents in that room are affected with the virus basically now. All right. So as soon as she pushes that baby out, they hand her the baby. She's holding it. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Don't hand her that baby. She starts squeezing that baby. Slow crush. Slow crush. Slow crush. Okay. They're able to, Kendall's able to pull that baby out of her arms and yank her out. But the mom still comes at her. With a scalpel. With a scalpel. And she's trying to murder her own child. And it is brutal. She does not. Don't, not in this moment. Um, so Kendall's able to get the baby out of the room and get her out of there. Um, and she just basically goes and hides with that baby until like later on in the movie where they come and find her and are like, hey, um, you're not the mom. <laughs> until we know what's going on and we're trying to protect all the children. So they put them all like basically like in like a NICU kind of. But you can see all the parents at the window of this NICU looking like looking they're, like they're going to eat their babies. Yep. Like it's like a buffet of babies. Yeah. Well, I just said buffet of babies. You well, did. here we are. Here we are. 2020. All underscored by Roxette's. It must've been love. Yeah. Very, uh, quite a scene. Uh, but then when Kendall tries to call Brent to tell him what's happening, doesn't even answer the phone. No, no, like, no. Caesar. Nope. But- He's he asleep. He's asleep. But if you look at the computer, did you look at that? Oh yeah. He's watching some porn. He's totally watching porn at work. Yeah. 
while asleep. <laughs> but he fell asleep like watching porn at work, which I was just like, wow, work must really suck. Yeah. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. He hates it. Uh, and he so doesn't sees her calling on the cell, doesn't answer, tells the secretary, doesn't don't, don't, don't let her through, just not interested Yeah. At she's all. trying to get a hold of him because like literally World War Z is happening outside and, and he, he has no clue. Nah, no clue. The kids get home after this. They cut yes. to the kids um, coming home. So Damon and um, Carly and Carly have met up and they see a, a dad outside with a bloody bat like out in front of his house and they're like don't he and damon's like don't worry he doesn't want you he's waiting for his kids the rest of his kids to come home and that guy i guess has like five kids or something crazy yeah. so there's like a bunch of guts on the end of the bat it's very upsetting but they make it back into the house and then they run into the housekeeper who's like oh i tried to give your brother lunch he wasn't hungry just mopping up something. just mopping something real furiously but you don't think twice of it because she was doing kind of the same thing earlier but yeah she's like i don't want to decide everyone's so crazy today though the the maid says and you're like uh, uh, yeah, like, uh okay you should, you should probably just leave, leave yeah please go. leave they're trying to get her out of the house because they want to get the kid to get out of there um and then unexpectedly Brent comes home and yeah. sees damon there and does not want damon there confronts and confronts him never wanted him there like, he attacks him immediately and tries to go for him uh but there is a truck on the ground that he slips, falls, hits his head. Josh's little gone. toy truck. Yeah. Uh, so then we flash back to <laughs> three weeks of, ago. One of the most fun scenes in the film, I would say, uh, is Nicolas Cage building a pool table to metal. Uh, in his basement. In his yeah. basement. Uh, and then when his wife comes down and sees it, it didn't tell him. She, he, yeah, he did not tell, tell her, her that he had bought a pool table, which is a very large household item expense to not let your partner know about. Yes. And she freaks out as she probably should and would. But not warranting the kind of freak out that he responds with, which is to, oh, you don't want me to have this. Let me smash it in front of you with a sledgehammer. And destroys it. Mm -hmm. I mean, well done, Nicolas Cage, because he's, you know, really fully going on and smashing the hell out of that thing. Um, but then, like, they have this kind of... I feel like that's why he took the part. Like the scene. He's like, oh, I get to break apart a pool table and yell the hokey pokey while I do it. Right. I'm in. Right? <laughs> but here's the question. I love uh, uh, Nicolas Cage at a 10. And mm -hmm. he seems to be perpetuating at a 10 now. That's the question. Can it be anything other than a 10 now? Can he take it down? Because it's all. it seems like it's all like on He's going to need the right director and okay. the right projects. I think it's out there because I believe like, in him. Like, like, even like because like watching Moonstruck again. Do you I know, know what I mean though? Like recently and I'm just like, man... The nuance in that, yeah. it, it, he's so wonderfully, beautifully weird. There, it's still in there. That's that that performance is waiting for us, right? You know, like even in Mandy, which he's amazing in, and he doesn't talk a lot in, mm -hmm. but it's still even when he's silent. I'm like, it's too much, man. Tone it down a little bit, you know. <laughs> Your <laughs> silence is loud. <laughs> silence is loud. <laughs> but they have this epic speech versus speech of like you know his dreams and what he thought his life was going to be and what it actually is yeah. now. And like everything's gone by, and now they're just mom and dad and this wanting kind this of, man cave and like who they've lost. Yeah, and this disappointment of you think it's going to be this magical thing, and actually it's just not. We were Brett and Kendall. Yeah. We were Brett and Kendall. Now we're and just mom and dad. Now we're just mom and dad. And that there is something to be said of like kind of losing yourself in that, in yeah. that role and what that means and your relationship with it. So I do like this exploration right there. It's a really nice scene. Uh, Kendall is driving home uh, as she does. A runner tries to like th throw her baby carriage in front of the car. And it's just this kind of epic you can see just everywhere people falling apart left and right yeah um and they say you know don't go near your children but uh the, the static comes through that radio and kendall now looks a little all she wants to do is be in that house and find her kids yeah but probably not for good so the uh, carly and takes josh and goes down 
the to basement. the basement and hides in the basement. And so she's like, okay, because Damon's been knocked out on the floor in their kitchen. So she and her bro are down in that basement now. Um, like final boy, final girl moment. And they're like, okay. And you have this, you know, conversation through the door where you, of course, you'd want to go out to your mother when your mother tells you to, but you have to not do that. So she goes to get the sawzall mm-hmm. because it sawzall. It does. And so she's going to try to <laughs> saw this door. So they their basement's really reinforced and locked in like a bunker, basically. Dad had built it this way because he was trying to hide shit. So Like a pool table. Yeah, like a pool table. So it works for them trying to hide in here. So that's why it is really difficult for them to get through. So they're trying to saw through this door. So they're put, trying to poke little holes into it. Uh, and But dad's like, fuck it, goes to get the gun. Gun not in the case. Nope. Because Josh has got the gun because he smart had, kid. Smart kid had figured it out and gone to get it. So uh shoots mom through yep. the door. Now she has this nasty bullet wound on her arm, which they have to like disinfect with alcohol. And so now mom has the great idea. Well, let's why don't we just gas the kids? Yeah. Like that's it's like we, we're smarter than them. Let's figure it out. So they get, you know, their um, garden hose and, th- and then hook it to the gas from their stove and wind it on down to the basement and tape the kids into the basement um, with like duct tape and shit on the windows and, and the door. And, and just gleefully are like, we'll just wait for it to start hearing them coughing. Coughing. We'll and then know. and when they cough, then they'll start vomiting. Ha, 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 ha. Terrible. Terrible. It's so distressing. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. But Carly, a good final girl has a plan. Of course. Uh, a plan involving all you need is a little duct tape, like some matches. You're good yep. to go. Uh, and wires up that door so that as soon as that door opens, it's going to be a nice big fireball. Fire, fireball because the gas that's been leaking in there and the way she set up the matches and everything up on the bottom of the door to strike. And as soon Carly as and Joshua go into open. like a crawl space underneath the house to mm-hmm. get away from where it is. And we get this incredible shot of Nicolas Cage being blown away by a horrible fireball. Yeah. Like, ooh. That was bad. It was amazing. Yeah. I love that. That was a great fire effect. But I should say, if you put uh, gas into a room, probably don't open the door. Like, leave that. I know that, like, do they want the satisfaction of, like, killing them to their face? Like, is that, like, they're going to just knock them out and then they actually want to kill them, like, grab them? Yeah, they need to do it. Okay. They can't just know that the gas is going to do it no, for them? No, they have okay. to see it. It's and, a more and, like, murderous... They have to, like, confirm the kill, I feel like, in okay. this, like with this weird disease. Um, and so then uh, kids go upstairs and Kendall's after them with a uh, meat tenderizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, but Damon has come awake. So now yeah. he's back in the game. And he's back to fight. Um, and then they, they get mom, they get her upstairs into a closet and where she, they're like, okay, well, she's in the closet. She's so in the closet. Good. She's fine. Okay. And, and so moment of like respite where they can like laugh tender about moment where they're like, it, the tension has been so high this whole movie and they've been freaking out and they've literally gone through like all these near death experiences. Like they've, she's made it out of this gassy basement and he's made it past this dad who tried to, you know, murder him with a broken bottle. And, you know, they've seen things you can see it in their faces. They already got that kind of end, end, end game twang, you yeah. know, like, I'm like, <laughs> Oh, so they're just like, ah, giddy laughing, giddy laughing, having a moment outside this closet. But mom, because she's crazy and got the itis mm-hmm. is making her, her wire hanger into another weapon so she's got a wire hanger that she reaches through like she's captain freaking hook mm-hmm. through the through the closet and hooks damon's cheek and face and pulls him uh. this is why the gore is very high for this right here <laughs> remembering him getting yanked by the face with um hanger uh and then gets out and comes after him and hits him over the head with the meat tenderizer mm-hmm. and he goes down the stairs now i have to say this stunt of this actor going over the stairs, unless they did some sort of CGI magic, is one of the best times I've ever seen. I rewound it so many times. I was like, is he really doing that? Because it's like, 
from the head, camera up over the hit, hits the banner for flipped over, hits mm-hmm. the ground. Like it's a crazy it's stunt. So watch it when you watch yeah, this when you watch it's it, amazing it's amazing and terrifying um and now the sawzall comes back around dad's mm. got it uh, now that he's got he's got crispy fruit loop face and he's from just that back. fire that busted his face from that basement and if he was you know at a 10 before he's out of like he's 40, at a 15 45 okay. now sure 45 <laughs> i'll take that because he's also got the cereal on his face that we remember yeah. from earlier in the movie which i just thought was hilarious like little pieces of fruit loop on his face that have been crusted from whatever is down there uh and uh we had talked about it earlier in the movie, actually, I hadn't mentioned yet, but they had said mom and dad, their mom, his mom and dad were supposed to come over for dinner. Ding dong. Ding dong. at the door. Grandma and grandpa are here now. So we've got an added layer, three generations now in one house. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Grandma's uh, going to mace a Nicholas Cage in the face immediately while Lance Hendrickson as dad is going to come in stabbing him as he goes. Just like incredible, like immediately like, oh, um, and grandma, this is, I love this because grandma's fight with Kendall delighted me like no other too. Cause grandma is saying just stuff like Kendall's not even a real name. It's one of my favorite <laughs> lines. Like this is where it just gets real punchy and campy. I feel like this is like where it gets really fun too. And having Nicholas Cage, someone like that to kind of lead the charge on this. Sure. You get why everyone else has got to be like on yeah. the top because you can't come in like cold with that. Like you are, they are firing at each other, but they stop in the middle of this action to go to mm-hmm. a flashback of this, like in, you know, this story of the fire, Firebird and why the firebird is so important to dad um, right before he smashes it. So we know like how, how that far he's gone that he's just like, fuck, I just want to kill my child. Like right. so generations of this, of this loving this car and dealing with this car. And so they're fighting around the car itself and like, and like, so the, all the three generations of boys, so Josh and Brent and his, and his grandfather. Yeah. So they're fighting all around this car and Josh hits the stereo in the car, which starts playing Chains of Love by Erasure. So like the director's just like, what are the weirdest 80s poppiest songs we can put that you would never think would go with a scene like this? But also break these chains of love. Right. It's literally describing what they're trying to do is it's great. So I, it's kind of brilliant and, and wonderful, I thought, with the, that music choice, too. So Semba Blair is going to work on Grandma and Dad mm-hmm. and, and Nicolas Cage are having this incredible car fight. And it's just like, and then all of a sudden we get, yeah, the garage door pops open in the midst of this battle as we almost josh almost gets run over but then they end up like screeching the car out and through the midst of this rollout like grandpa gets thrown over the top of the car the firebird and like smashes his head into the front of it oh what a death <laughs> um and then like you know damon so like everybody now the grandparents are dead and damon's just up shows up again he's like heroic he pops up again after he's fallen off the stairs this kid has been yanked in the face shivved by his dad he's gone he's gotten so many injuries but he gets a shovel and smacks freaking brent nicholas cage in the freaking head uh so then we cut to mom and dad tied up in the basement because they don't want to kill them but they just don't want them to kill them right because it's like what, it's like, what do, do we do because it's like either this virus goes away, we're not sure. They're probably trying to hold out a little for that. It's a good final girl move, I guess, mm-hmm. but like how long is it going to last? But then right. they said, you know, we love you more than anything in the world, but sometimes we want to cut to crazy electronic ending. So like the crazy electronic ending credits versus the groovy 70s beginning credits, I'm confused by that. Yeah, the, the credits, the beginning credits did not go with the movie. No. At all. Uh-uh. Um, I wish... 
the movie was more like yeah it was more like the opening credits were stellar yeah they were freaking cool it was like whoever made the yeah the opening credits were freaking dope it just had that like tarantino kind of like little like little bit of vibe like going into it and then i was like oh okay like it's not what the movie was right but i still wasn't mad at it but i was also like that wasn't what that intro was no and the line she says at the at the end about like loving them or whatever, it's like literally the exact same line that mom had said like earlier in the movie to the daughter while she was trying to Facebook while she was Facebooking and driving <laughs> with her. Um, so gore factor for this film. Yeah. Uh, one, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to go set the average viewer. Four, a bathtub of blood. And five is running for the barf bag. Uh, we give mom and dad a five for gore. Run for the barf bag. There is a lot of it. There's a lot of things like people, you know, just murder. And like, uh-huh. just for that hospital scene alone, I think too, yeah. I would probably just give it just even for that. Just yeah. It doesn't count as gore, but it does count as disturbing as pretty fuck. disturbing. Well, the baby's all bloody and they're cutting the cords. There's stuff happening in there. Um, yeah. And just for the hook in the face yeah. <laughs> as well. So someone got hooked in the face. We're going to talk about it. The effects are great though. They're great. And the bloody bat. And yeah. like, I mean, there's just a lot of fun stuff they're cutting back to. Um, uh, movie rating, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, fantastical. I give this film a, I'm going to say, I, I had 2.5, but it's really, I guess it's in between three and 2.5 because I feel like seen worse, seen better. Mm-hmm. Um, you must choose. It's not yeah. a horror. It is a horror film. So I'm going to give it a three then. Okay. Because I can't say it's not a horror film. Sure, sure. It's kind of creepy. You can't go 2.75. That's cutting fine fine hairs too thin. I feel like it should be, though. (laughs) 2.5? Okay, three. Fine, it's a three. Uh, I gave it a 3.5. Seen worse and better and a little bit better. I appreciate everything they're going for in this film, and I gave them like A for effort. I don't say it was for me particularly, but I enjoyed watching everybody's performance. And I like that Carly's a pretty good final girl. So yeah. And her name is Anderson and Y as you do when as you're a should. final girl. Um, so we're going to next week be talking about a film that I haven't seen, but I've been wanting to see. And I'm very excited to see. We're going to be talking about green room. Yeah. I'm oh, excited to watch it. I'm excited to watch it too. Uh, thank you for listening to us as always. And please do check us out on all of our social medias. We are always there wanting to speak to you. We love it. We love hearing from you guys. We love your suggestions. Thank you as always um, on the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook. Make sure to check out our Patreon. We've been sending out uh, all the episodes early uh, and also have a lot of bonus content as well. Yeah, so more to come in 2020. Of course. So we will see you next week for Green Room. Yeah, thanks guys.